I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 19. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 19. We're continuing on our road to Jerusalem, and Jesus has been teaching the disciples and meeting people. And he's been helping people. And the last one we just saw was the blind man, Bartimaeus who, when he heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out to him. Well, in verse number 1 of chapter 19, the book of Luke, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Now, we're seeing that Jesus is walking, and he comes, he is passing through. And the idea that I get here is our sovereign of God, the providence of God, the sovereignty and providence of God. He is walking. He knows he's going to encounter this man who wants to see him. Now, we got this man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is not just a publican. He is the chief among the publicans, okay? He's the principal tax gatherer. He is the one who is the chief tax collector, and he's very, very rich, and so we see here that he has got a lot of wealth, but he's not a happy camper. Wealth has not done a lot for him. And I love what happens here because we see the superior position of the publican, and yet we see he seeking Jesus. But he's got a problem. He sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press. The word press means people, multitude. There's a multitude of people, and the idea of that word is they're being pressed together. It's the idea of so many people that they're being pressed in. Because he was little of stature, he was not a very tall man, and he was not able to even see Jesus in the middle of this group, too many people taller than him, and he decides what he's going to do. He is going to run and climb up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass by that way. At this point, he just wants to be able to see him. He wants to get a look at this man, Jesus. And I'm sure he's thinking in his heart, if I could just talk to him, if I could just get to him. And, I, and he's trying every way he can to figure out how he can have this meeting with Jesus. So he gets up and he gets in this tree and he looks for him because he was to pass that way. And Jesus did right on time. He comes in, and he looked up and saw him and said unto him. Now, I want you to look at this because there are so many neat things here. First of all, he came to the place, Jesus did. When he did, he looked up. I heard 
years ago as a 14-year-old boy, I remember a sermon preached here by Dr. Ron Comfort. And Dr. Ron Comfort said, when he looked up, he said, ah, he senses me. Jesus senses that I'm looking. So he stopped to look up. Can you imagine that, that he, he would sit there and say that? Uh, we don't know what went through his mind, but I'm sure something like that did, that he would just stop and then look up, and there he is. And then number two, and when he looked up, he saw him. He sees me. See, the sovereign God, he senses and knows and sees and hears everything. He is God. He knows before you know. If you're wondering what you're going to do tomorrow, he already knows. And then it says, he said unto him, he speaks to me. Can you imagine that? He senses me, he sees me, and he speaks to me. And what did he say? Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. He summons me. What about that? He summons me. Zacchaeus, don't, don't mess around. Come on, with haste, get down here. Today, I'm going to go stay at your house. I'm going to be at your house. Abide means to stay. Come in, I'm going to go be at your house. And boy, he didn't mess around. He made haste, and he came down and received him joyfully. Boy, I tell you what, you ought to receive the Lord joyfully with rejoicing, welcoming spirit. Yes, Lord, I want to see you. Now, like I said in the last one, anytime somebody wants to do something, here's the blind man Bartimaeus, and he's crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they tell him to keep his peace. Hey, calm down. Be quiet. Don't talk like that. Who do you think you are? Well, when they saw it, here's the crowds again. They all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. <laughs> he came to seek and to save the sinner. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. We're all sinners. Those that said it were sinners. And they're making all kinds of horrible things about it because Jesus is going to go into this man's house. Thank God Jesus came my way October the 14th of 1970. Thank God Jesus came your way when he came your way. Aren't you glad that he came to set up shop with a sinner and bring conviction to the sinner and tell the sinner that they're going to die and go to hell if they don't trust Christ as Savior? Are you not glad for that day that Jesus Christ entered into your home, the temple of God inside of you? Boy, they murmured that he was gone. But Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, called him Lord. He knew who he was. The half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. We see here that he has repented and he's going to fix what he messed up. He said, Lord, Conversion makes Zacchaeus reverent unto God. Unbelief wouldn't bring that kind of thing. But he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take half of my goods. I'm going to give it to the poor. That's the opposite of what he was doing before he got saved. He was taking money that was not his. He was just taking the taxes only for the, the people to the government. He was taking more than the taxes so he could be rich. He said, I am going to do the opposite of what I've been doing. I'm going to take half of everything I own. I'm going to give it away. 
But also he said, look at this. If I've taken anything from any man by false accusation. Well, this is the what we know is true because that's how the publicans made their money. False accusation. They could generally say, hey, look, give me an extra payment. And I'll, I'll take this and won't do this. Or I'll bribe you for this extra payment. Or this is how much your taxes cost, but it was a little bit more than what it was. And it said, I restore him fourfold. Zacchaeus said, I'm going to fix it not one time back. If I took $10, I'm going to give him $40. That's what he was willing to do. And if you will take a look at this, you will see a repentant heart. You will see a heart that seeketh God. You will see a heart that wanted to do what was right. So that's what happens anytime we're saved. We get this conviction of the Holy Spirit, and we realize that we need to do what was right. He knew he was a sinner. He knew he had messed up. He knew he needed to change his life. And so he did change his life. He told the rich man, you know, go and sell everything you have. The rich young ruler in the chapter 18, he was very, very sorrowful. He could not give up. Zacchaeus had no problem giving up. And he gave back according to that which he should have done. Leviticus 6, 4, Then it shall be because he has sinned and is guilty that he shall restore that which he took violently away or the thing which he has deceitfully gotten or that which was delivered to him to the lost which was found. Proverbs 6, 31, But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them judgment. Those that will not get right, that is where they're going to end up. That is what's going to happen to them. And so he says to them, I restore fold forward. And Jesus said to him, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Those that were complaining, those that were murmuring, just heard from the lips of Jesus, this is what I came to do, to seek and to save the lost. That's why I'm on my way to Calvary, to put the whole thing into fruition so that the faith you have towards what I'm going to do will be faith in what I have done. And these people that were alive when they met Jesus and were saved. And then by faith to the cross, also got to see Christ at the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. And now they look back to the cross like we do. Others that died before that, their faith was toward the cross. Ours was back to the cross. But it doesn't matter if you're an Old Testament or a New Testament saint, it's to the cross. The cross of Christ is where we are at. If at the cross of Christ that the sin debt was paid, when the blood was shed, when all of our sins were put on him as he hung on that cross, dying for our sin, and his heart burst, according to it says that water came out, blood and water, and medical science says that happens when a heart bursts. That then leads him into a parable. And he comes into this parable, and the parable is of the pounds. Now we have the talents, and we have the parable of the pounds. This parable, which Christ spoke about stewardship, and we need, it's more of what's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. A steward is a house manager. We're taking care of somebody else's money, but we're doing so as if it was ours, so we would do right by it. 
And we see because he was nigh to Jericho. Watch this. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. So he gives this parable. A certain nobleman went into a far country for to receive himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said to them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given money, that he might know how every man gained by trading. The, then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. He said unto him, Well, good, thou faithful, or well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful to very little, have thou authority over ten cities. The second came saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. He said, Likewise to him, be thou over five cities. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin, for I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that which I laid not down, and reaping that which I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou thy money to, into the bank? that at my coming it might have required my own with usury or with interest. And he, he that said unto them stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath the ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. But the Lord said, For I say unto you that and every one that hath shall be given, and from him that hath not shall be taken away from him. But those mine enemies that would not that I should reign over them, bring them hither and slay them before me. We see here Christ is on his way to Calvary. He's almost into Jerusalem. And so this parable fits where he's headed. It's a city. It's been blessed with many privileges, but it has a poor stewardship in it. He comes right then because he says they think the timing is that he's going to bring the kingdom in right now. And he gives them this responsibility. And we learn about this. And a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. The nobleman's leaving to go to another place to receive a kingdom. This meant he had to give responsibilities to his servants while he's gone. So he's trying to get them ready for the fact that this is not the kingdom to come. You've got to get ready to take over when I go and leave. So he calls the servants and he assigns them their responsibilities. He delivers 10 pounds. Each servant was given a pound, and so they are all taken care of. And he says, occupy till I come. It's very, very interesting because the word occupy there means do the business. You know what, folks? We're to occupy till he comes back to get us. We're to do his business. We're to do the business of the king. We're on business for the king. We're doing business for the king, and we will continue to do business for the king till he comes. We will see him through death, or we'll see him through the rapture when he comes back. So he calls his ten servants, and he delivered them ten pounds. And he said, Occupy till I come. But then there was the citizens of the place, and they didn't like him at all. So there was a rebelliousness to some of the people who said, We will not have this man reign over us. Not everybody liked the people who were in charge, the noblemen. This pictures the attitude people have towards Christ and the picture that people have towards Christianity. The citizens hated him. Why did they hate these people? Because they were loving Jesus. That's why they were loving Jesus. Anyone that loves Jesus 
Well, that's a problem. You can't have anything to do with Jesus. You know, we can have little G-O-D-S's, but don't bring Jesus into it. And he said, we will not have this man to reign over us. They rebelled completely against the Lord. And you see what happens at the end. They're, they're brought in and they are slain. So he gives them to him and then he goes away. When he returns, how did they occupy while he was gone? This kind of reminds me of the judgment seat of Christ. How did they occupy? Well, the truth was he did return. He promised he would come and he did. Men are mocking the return of the Lord. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Knowing this first, that there shall come the last day scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Nothing's changed. Ya la 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 la. There's nothing new under the sun. Okay. Well, they can scoff or they can laugh. They can make fun of. But the bottom line is the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness in that same chapter of 2 Peter chapter 3. But as long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thank the Lord. What's he waiting on, preacher? Someone else to get in. Someone else to get saved. And I believe when that last person is saved, the Lord knows will be saved in this day and age of grace. The rapture is going to occur and we're going to go home. So as long as we're here, somebody still needs to be saved. We need to be out, like Jesus, seeking those that are lost. Well, we come down, and he comes back. He returns just like he said, and he has the kingdom. We're going home to the kingdom. The kingdom is the, the millennial kingdom, but we asked a report. This is the judgment seat, a report of those that had those talents. What did you do with what I left you with? We have two reports of those who by faith did what they were supposed to do and one report of a man who did not have any faith in anything and went and did the opposite of what the others did. So it came to pass when he returned, he commanded that these servants be called to him to whom he had given the money that he might know how every man gained by trading. The first came and said, Lord, thy pound hath gained 10 pounds. Well, he said unto him, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have the authority over ten cities. His work did not burn up. And then he comes to the second. And the second says, Lord, thy pain hath gained five pounds. He didn't have as good a success. We all don't. There, there are some that are going to have more things than others. But he did work hard, and he did get something. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. But, oh, the next one comes, saying, Lord, Behold, here is thy pound. Here, I give it to you. I laid it up in a napkin. I wrapped it up in a, in a little napkin, a handkerchief. For I feared thee, because thou art an asture man. The idea of the word asture means a rough person. Somebody that's hard to relate to. Uh, you're just kind of a hard guy to get to know. Right? This is what he, his perception was. And, you know, you... You, you take that which you laid not down and reapest what thou didst not sow. He said, I was just so afraid of you because you're such a severe man. You, you withdraw what you did not deposit. You reap what you did not sow. He, he, he just has a whole negative take. And he saith unto him, out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest perfect knowledge that I was an austere man. Okay, taking up that which I laid not down, or even that which I did snow, 
did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury, at least gotten some interest out of it. Why didn't you just put it in a safe place and get me some interest on it? You did nothing. You took it. You buried it. You did nothing with what I gave you. You did not occupy till I came. You did not do the business of the king. My goodness, we need to be in business for the king, folks. We must be in business for the king. And so uh, they took that pound and gave it to the man that had 10 pounds. And Jesus said, For I say unto you that unto every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that which he hath shall be taken away from him. Then he gives one last pronouncement, But those mine enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring them hither and slay them before me. He now comes into Jerusalem. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this because a lot of messages have been preached here and taught here. And certainly at the time of Easter, we hear these messages. But as he gets into Jerusalem, it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethpage and Bethany, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go you over against you, uh, which entering, and you shall find a colt tied, wherein you never man sat, loose him, bring him hither. If any man ask you why you loose him, say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. And they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said. And as they were loosing the colt, the owner said unto them, why loose you the colt? And they said, The Lord need of him. And they brought him to Jesus and cast their garments upon the colt. And they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes on the way. And when he was come nigh, even at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Now, in this section of Scripture, we know that this is called the triumphal entry. We know that this is Jesus coming on his way. But the one point that I want to make in this section of this wonderful thing of worshiping Jesus and throwing the the clothes and things down and the palm trees and all the things that they did as he was going through and just blessing and praising and all this. This crowd that is gathered around one day is praising and excited and not too much laughter will be saying, crucify him, crucify him, away with him, away with him. You see, they have such a fickle crowd. It's such a fickle crowd. And my friend, when you can allow people to with traditions and philosophies cause you to think other contrary to the Word of God, the very set principles of the Word of God. And I'll tell you why philosophy goes over so well and why traditions go over so well versus the Word of God. The Word of God is plain, sharp, powerful than any two-edged sword. The Word of God is convicting. The Word of God is very specific. The Word of God is very strong, and the Word of God is to the point. Some people say, oh, that Bible is too hard to understand. Mark Twain said, it's not the passages of the Bible that I understand that bother me. It's not the passages of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the ones I do. 
See, philosophy gives you a way out. There's questions. If we can question this and question that, then maybe there's a way around this or around that. And if that's not your philosophy, then you can go to this philosophy. And you can be a traditionalist or a realist or you can be, you know, an epistemologist or you can be any of these other kinds of places and things. But here's the bottom line. Thus saith the Lord, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to heaven but by me, period, end of story. The wages of sin is death, period, end of story. The gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, end of story. And it says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. End of story. We don't like this pointed right out. He says things that are good, says things that are bad. He says, marriage is honorable and all in the bed undefiled. But hormones and adulterers, God will judge. We don't like that. The philosophy says there's ways around it. Tradition says this is the way we've always done it. But the bottom line is it's vain. It says so in Colossians. It's vain philosophies and traditions. He's walking through Jerusalem, and he will be crucified. In the meantime, there's a cult. They're crying. They're saying, Hail, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And then there's a crowd already immediately, the Pharisees, you know, the big shot religious leaders from among the multitudes, and Master, rebuke thy disciples. And uh, that's kind of funny because if they knew who they were talking to, they'd be careful how they said, but they didn't care who he was. That's an imperative. They were commanding Jesus. They were commanding Jesus to rebuke the disciples go over there and straightly charge them to stop this immediately but the Lord said well let me tell you what if I'm going to tell you this if they should hold their peace if they wouldn't do what they're doing the stones the rocks would immediately cry out if they were to keep silent there will be praise and creation praises God the formation of a new life praises God when fearfully and wonderfully made then the last few verses he comes to over to the held and he gets to a place where he can see the city he's near he looks over it and he says if thou hast known even thou at least in this my day the things which belong to thy peace but now are they hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee about and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. And he went into the temple, began to cast them out that sold therein. And then that bought saying unto them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And he taught daily in the temple, but the chief priests and the scribes, the chief of the people, sought to destroy him and could not find what they might do, for all the people were very attentive to him. It ends with a second cleansing of the temple. And he ends up saying, look, if you'd have known even what this day was about, things would be different, but you don't. And he began to cast them out again. And then he preaches and teaches in there. And they are trying to figure out how they can do away with Jesus, but they're having a rough time. We're getting closer to Calvary, closer to Calvary. Things are going to happen. Lord Jesus, help us to see clearly. We're to occupy till you come. We're to be faithful stewards, house managers. You're going to have us give an account of our stewardship. The works will either be wood, hay, and stubble, or There'll be those things that do not burn up, that gold and silver and wonderful things that make for great rewards. 
Help us to see that clearly and to love you with all the sincerity we have in our heart. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have an absolutely awesome, wonderful yes, week. I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every you have been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.